Hello and welcome to Conversations in Economic Central. This is Mrs B with a special podcast for the Year 10 Extension students to help you get ready for your source analysis assessment next week. So without further ado, let's first of all look at source analysis and how we approach it. Now for those students in my class, we know that we've got our little um, checklist which we've called Our Camp because the first thing we need to do when we look at sources is we need to actually look at um, to what the detail of the source is and I usually annotate my sources so I get the four sources together use our camp and I make lots of notes all over them that I'll then use when I come to start answering the questions so our camp what does it stand for so first of all origin or sometimes this is referred to as nature so what is the, the source is it primary or secondary and when was the source created and who created it and what date Usefulness. So how relevant is the source to what's being asked? Does it reveal any insights? Does it show us anything? Is it reliable to uh, the period of history that we're looking at? So how useful is it in terms of understanding what happened in this period of history? Then we move on to our reliability. So is it consistent with other data that we may have about the topic? Could it validate anything else that we've got in other sources? Okay, is it credible? Okay, so for a source to be considered reliable, it must contain contain accurate historical information. So then we move on to camp. So we've got C for content. So if it's um, text, you know, looking for important words, emotive language, uh, quotes from people. If it's some sort of cartoon or image, we're looking for what's in the foreground, the background, how are the figures positioned what's the expression of the people in the picture is there any symbol symbolism being used okay moving on to audience so who's the intended viewer of the source and what context might they be viewing it okay so that will tell you a lot about the source in terms of you think about who it's actually aimed at Motive, which is also referred to sometimes as purpose. So why has the author created the source? What was the point of it? Okay, was it to um, sum up an event? Was it to show something that happened? So why was it considered? And, and this at this point, you might want to consider bias. Now, bias in itself isn't an actually, essentially a problem, but we should be mindful of it and aware of it so that we understand the way in which it's being written and the viewpoint it's been written from. Which brings me on to perspective, which is all about the point of view, okay? So the opinions or beliefs of the author who's written it, what is their perspective? What's their view of the world? And everybody will write from their own perspective. And the last thing in our camp is motive. I've done those the wrong way. Oh, sorry, no, I did do motive. Perspective. Okay, now... So once we've looked at our sources and we've annotated them, what we need to do next is we then look at the questions. Now, we've got a practice question. We've got been looking at practice questions, and I'm sure all the classes have been doing the same. And so we've got two, uh, four sources. The first source with our practice was a radio speech by the Australian Prime Minister, who was Robert Menzies at the time, declaring war where he uses a whole raft of emotive language to talk about why we've gone to war and really sort of rally the Australian people behind the war effort. We've got uh, a picture of a prisoner of war who's been taken by the Japanese, and we've got 
um, a join us in a victory job advert, encouraging women to apply to their nearest national service office to help the war effort. And we've then got an advert from Kraft Cheese from, from Women's Weekly, where they are um, advertising how to make all sorts of different sandwiches without butter, but using Kraft Cheese to be a bit resourceful and make the sandwiches more interesting to eat. Okay, now... We always have the same sort of questions with source analysis. So once we've looked at those sources in detail, applied that um, our camp to them to understand, well, okay, what are these sources telling me? We then look at our questions and we start with outline the nature of each source. Now that of course is asking us to say whether it's primary or secondary, when it was created and by whom. So it's a pretty straightforward question when you ask what the nature of the source is. We'll always get asked then to explain the historical context of the source. Now, this is where you are required to use your historical understanding and knowledge of the period to answer the questions. Now, this particular practice test asked us for the historical context for source one. Now, as I said earlier, that was the speech by Robert Menzies announcing that we were at war to the Australian public. So the historical context for that speech being made was the Treaty of Versailles leading to lots of other things that then cumulatively lead to World War II, which we studied and we wrote a very good essay about, that actually in, contributed significantly to the rise of Hitler in Germany. You should be looking there for uh, talking about the rise of nationalism around the world and that sort of trying the Japanese, for example, going out and trying to take on new territory. Appeasement, that the League of Nations and that desire to keep the peace rather than going to war and to discuss things in the League of Nations instead. And of course, uh, the British going off and having a, an agreement, the Munich Agreement with Hitler, which later uh, was, was ignored. And then, of course, the Nazi invasion of Poland. Now, the historical context questions are usually worth four marks, and that requires you not to just brush over what happened at the time, but to really explain the context in which these things were happening. So, for example, if you were asked to look at the context of the victory, join us for a victory job uh, poster, the context of that would be the men being conscripted or signing up and going off over, overseas to fight in our armies. And then the women taking those jobs and the women were taking new jobs in the services, not combatant roles, but they were taking new roles. The land girls filling the roles in farms to keep the war effort going here and keep the food supply going. So any of the sources you could be asked about the historical context and you need to apply your knowledge of what was going on at the time to explain what the context was that this source has been created. And that's where you need some detail. Okay, the next sort of question we're going to get is a compare and a contrast the messages of, say, source one and source two. Now, the first thing you've got to do in a question like this, and it often gets missed, is you need to explain what the message of the first source is and what the message of the second source is. And that's just very factual. So you say the message of source one is, message of source two is. The second thing you've got to do is you need to talk about the similarities, that's the comparing of the two sources. So what is similar? 
So uh, you've got two sources here. You've got the, the prisons of war and you've got the announcement of war. Well, the similarity is it's all about the starting of World War II and the people being involved in World War II. So it's about the same period of time and the same event. The contrast, the, this, the things that are different, is that the first one is about rallying the, the Australian people behind its leaders and its, its army to support the war effort and to uh, be supportive of the decision against this rising threat from an evil force in Germany. Um, source two, though, the, the prisoner of war and his emaciated state, is quite different because it's showing you the reality of what war means when, when prisoners are taken uh, by the enemy and, and really tortured and treated appallingly uh, by, by our enemies. So they're quite different. So they're similar in that they're about the same event, but they're actually quite different in what they're telling us about the event. So that's one, the second type of question. The, th the next type of question is comparing and contrasting the purpose. So again, there's a clear structure. Outline the purpose of the first source. Outline the purpose of the second source. Okay? So why were these, essentially, what was the motive of the person that produced them? Well, that's usually quite clear. And then you're going to decide what the similarities of the purpose is and what the differences are. So what's the same in terms of the motive and what could be different? Now, in both the compare contrast types of questions, you need to be really specific. So if you're referring to a picture, refer specifically to things in the picture, you know, the women smiling or the man looking emaciated. If it's text, quote the text, okay? So you're very specific and that extra evidence supports the point you're making. Now, the last type of question you're going to get is how useful are the sources? And generally when we get a question like that, it asks us how useful are the sources as a whole in, in order to understanding the impact of the war on Australia. So if we looked at the four we've got there, they're useful because they give us a good overview from lots of different perspectives. Now, the way to approach the question is to say how useful each of the sources specifically is. So, for example, source one, it gives us the view of our politicians and their willingness to support the greater Commonwealth, support the British in their quest to crush the Nazis. Source two, it shows us the experience of uh, our, our soldiers in the Pacific War when they were then taken prisoners of war. Source three tells us the changes in societal attitude towards the roles of women and what they should be doing. And source four shows us how the rationing impacted on the average person in Australia. So all, overall, they give us a, a really good understanding of the sorts of impacts that World War Two had on various different groups in society. Now, what we want to do, though, there is to talk about what it doesn't do. So in what way it isn't useful. And of course, with these four sources, what it doesn't do is tell us what the experience of fighting in the war was like. And in order to do that, we'd need a source from, say, the Kokoda track, explaining what life was like for soldiers as they fought along that jungle terrain to fight the, uh, the Japanese back up through Papua New Guinea. So usefulness of the sources requires you to explain each one how useful it is specifically, an overall comment of its usefulness, and then finish your answer by saying why it's not useful. Well, what's the missing part? 
from the sources. Now, hopefully that will have given you a pretty good idea of what you need to do to approach your source analysis. What I will do year 10, which I promised to do today and I will do a little later, is I will annotate the four sources as I would annotate them and I'll write some answers as I would answer the source analysis to give you an idea of how to do it. Now, remember, you have five questions, nature or origin of the sources, comparing and contrasting the message, comparing and contrasting the purpose, a question about the historical context of one of the sources and the usefulness of the sources as a whole. Okay, same questions, different sources, and we're going to use our understanding of our experience in the war and also our experience on the home front. Hopefully that's been useful and bye for now.